Welcome to Your Change, a broadcast aimed at revealing grace and empowering transformation. Through the revelation of God's undeserved, unearned and unmerited favour, we are committed to helping you make better changes in life for life. There's a word that God dropped on my spirit on Thursday, if not Friday, on Thursday. And it continued to ring on the inside of me. And, and I'm so joyful because the word demands me to preach. But in order for you to understand it, I have to, I have to calm down and explain first. So that if I get into, into the preaching, at least you are understanding where it's flowing from. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Now, the conference that we had, it was themed the, a, better, a better arrangement, uh, zeroing in on the, on the new covenant. Zeroing in on the new covenant, how the new covenant is superior, is excellent, is better when you compare it particularly to the mosaic covenant. And the objective of the conference was not just to give information to you, but the conference was designed to give confidence in you so that you can walk in this covenant, so that you can walk with God, bearing in mind that everything that God does to us, God does it to us on the grounds of a covenant. Everything is on the grounds of a covenant. But when you look at the new covenant, right at the center, at the core of the new covenant is nothing else but the grace of God. When you look at the new covenant, at the center or the heart of the new covenant is the grace of God. Is the grace of God. So maybe carrying on from the spirit of the conference and of that message, I want to speak this morning on a message that, um, that I've titled, When Grace Happens. When Grace Happens. I was battling in terms of how to title the message at one point. I, I titled it The Grace Factor. The Grace Factor. So I, I'll see how it develops today. It might end up becoming a series. If the Spirit of God continues to minister to me, then it will become the Grace Factor series. But this morning, I want to speak on what I've titled When Grace Happens. Yeah, When Grace Happens. When Grace Happens. Now, the question then becomes, what is it that happens when grace happens? Yeah. What, what, what happens when grace happens? And, and here is the important thing that I want you to get this morning. Uh, when grace happens, the impossible becomes possible. When grace happens, the impossible becomes what? It becomes possible. So this morning as I'm going to be sharing, I want particularly to speak to someone who is in here who has a situation in his or her life that there is no doubt, there is no question that it is impossible. There, there is no guesswork concerning the status of your situation. It is crystal clear that it is impossible. But this morning, I want to bring you to a place where the time you leave church, I want you to leave declaring that when grace happens in my life, what is impossible will become possible. 
uh, am I speaking to somebody this morning? I know it's a little bit cold in the room, but you know what? Let's, 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 I, want, I don't want you to miss the word. I don't want you to miss the word. Amen and amen. Somebody shout, when grace happens, when grace happens, the impossible becomes possible. Do you mind just repeating that sentence to somebody on your right and somebody on your left? Genesis chapter number 17. Genesis chapter number 17. Genesis chapter number 17. I'm going to read a number of verses there. And then I'll quickly explain the mind of God concerning that portion of the scripture. Genesis chapter number 17. I'll read from the NIV version. When Abraham, when Abraham, not Abraham, right? When Abraham, when Ab Abraham, I don't know how to, trans to, to, to pronounce it. When Abraham, when Abraham was 99 years old, 99 years old, that's just one year from being 100 years, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase. Abraham fell first down and God said to him, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you, will you be called. I want you to get that. Your name will be Abraham. No longer will you be called Abraham. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father. Next verse. I will make you fruitful. I will make nations of you. Now, this is God speaking. Now, every time God says, I will, I will, I will, I will, you need to pay attention to that. So he says, I will make you very fruitful. Thank you, sir. I will make nations of you. And kings will come from you. Next verse. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come. To be your God and the God of your descendants even after you. Let's keep going. The whole land of Canaan where you now reside is a foreigner. I like the scripture. The land where, the whole land of Canaan, where you now reside, as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you, not only to you, and to your descendants after you, and I will be their God. You are a foreigner in this land. But that same land where you are a foreigner, I'm going to give it to you where you, where you possess it. 
The other translation says, the land where you live is a stranger from place to place. I'm going to give it to you as your possession. Verse number nine. Then God said to Abraham, as for you, you must keep my covenant you and your descendants after you for the generations to come. Now, a covenant is very important. The only thing that is required is for you to keep it. God has given it to you, but you must keep it. So in other words, you must not lose it. You must not be disloyal to that covenant, but you must keep it. In other words, you must observe it. Verse number 10. This is my covenant with you and your descendants after you. The covenant you are to keep. Every male among you shall be circumcised. Verse number 11. You are to undergo circumcision. And it will be the sign of the covenant between me and you. Those who remember the conference. I spoke about the three things every covenant has. Every covenant. What constitutes a, a, a redemptive covenant. Number one is there. The words of the covenant. And when we talk about the words, we're talking about the promises. Promises have got two, two dimensions to them. They are promises of blessing and they're promises of curse. That's why when you come to the book of Deuteronomy, I think chapter number 28, the first 14 verses, if I'm not mistaken, they say, if you obey, this is what will happen. It's the promises of blessing. But after that, it gives the promises of curses. What happens when you do not walk or when you do not keep the covenant? So the first thing that you find in every covenant are the words of the covenant. And number two, every redemptive covenant contains the, the blood. Right in the middle is the blood. Is the blood. And number three, the seal of the covenant. So here we are talking about the Abrahamic covenant. And he's saying uh, you are to undergo circumcision and it will be a sign. That sign is the seal of this covenant between me and between me and you. I think I'll just end there. But the verse that I really want to concentrate on in verse number four, if you don't mind just repeating that, verse number four. As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of how many nations? Of many nations. Verse number five. That's the key one. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you the father of many nations. Remember, we are dealing with a man who is 99 years old. But in that 99-year-old man, he is a man who is still waiting for a promise to be fulfilled. God made a promise to him in Genesis chapter number 15 that I am going to give you your own son. And this Abraham entered into a dialogue with God and he says, but I do not have a son, a son of my own. Ishmael, is that Ishmael or Eliezer? Eliezer, my servant, is one who is going to be the heir. And God said, no, 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 no. That's, that's not what it is it's going to be like. You are going to have your own son. But now we come to chapter number 17. This man is now 99 years old. And what God promised in the past, it hasn't happened. He's 99 years old. But when God visited him in chapter number 17, God comes to him and he says, no longer shall you be called Abraham, 
but you shall be called Abraham. Now, what I want to show you when you look at the name Abram, Abram. Now, I decided to do it that way. And here's the part that I really want you to get. I really want, I don't want you to miss this part. Now, Abraham comes from a Hebrew word. Now, Abraham is a Hebrew word. He is coming from the people of the, the Hebrew people. Now, so I took some time just to observe what God was doing to Abraham. Now, when you look on the right side, according to the Hebrew, that's how they write the name Abraham, right? That's how they write the name Abraham. When they are reading in, in Hebrew or writing, they write from the right. If you're going to read his name, they'll be starting. The first letter will be the one at the end, coming this way. But today, I'm not going to trouble you with so much, uh, this letter is this, 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 but I'm going to just pull one letter out of there that I want to concentrate on. Now, this is Abraham before God says you're going to be the father of many nations. But God says to him, I'm going to change your name and your name is going to be Abraham. Now, when you look at the name Abraham, what God added to Abraham was just one letter. God added only one letter to move him from Abraham to Abraham. Now listen to me very carefully. When you look at the Hebrew alphabet, Hebrew alphabet is one of those rich languages, or the Hebrew language is one of those rich languages, so rich in meaning. To the very extent that every Hebrew letter on the alphabet, it has a number attached to it and also a picture attached to it to help us to get the meaning. Right. Now, when you look at the Hebrew alphabet, the letter that God added from Abraham to make it Abraham, that letter in red which I've pointed there, that letter in Hebrew is the letter Hey, H-E-Y. Somebody say Hey. I know when we go to the conference, the president says, say hello, somebody, hey, hey. So in Hebrew, that letter is the letter hey. Somebody say hey. Now, hey is the fifth letter on the Hebrew alphabet. Number five is the fifth letter and is the letter hey. Now, that letter, it has a picture of a window. When you look at the Hebrew alphabet, if you're going to do a bit of some study on it, you can actually Google this. Not, in, not now. <laughs> not now, otherwise you'll miss me. When you look at that letter, it has a picture of a window. Now, a window gives you the ability to see what's on the other side. When you look through the window, you are able to see. So a window is symbolic of revelation. A window speaks of beholding or seeing. Am I still with you there? I don't want you to miss that because it's going to help me. So a window is symbolic of revelation or of beholding. But then when you combine the picture and the number, number five in the Hebrew is the number for, thank you, is the number for grace. It is the number for grace. 
So when you look at that word, what God added in the name Abraham to make it Abraham, God added the grace factor. Am I with you? God came in and he added the grace factor. If I may put it in my own language, I would say, God came and he added a dose of grace to Abraham, who is 99 years, who is still waiting for God to fulfill what he promised. But for God now to begin to manifest what he promised, he came to Abraham and he began to deal with his identity. He says, I'm going to change your identity from Abraham to Abraham. But in changing that identity, God added the grace factor. Somebody shout when grace happens. Now, <laughs> I like it to call it an identity upgrade. I like it to call it an identity upgrade. When God comes to you in that state that you are in, where you are not able to do something, where you are not able to attain something, but God comes in and he adds a dose of grace to your identity. Am I talking to somebody in the house this morning? Not only did he do that to Abraham, but he also did the very same thing to Sarai. According to the Hebrew, that's how Sarai is written. But when God came in, and he also spoke to Abraham concerning Sarah, in verse number 15, God also said to Abraham, Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name shall be Sarah. See what God added? He added the same letter. God came in and he added the same letter, the letter A. Hey. He added the grace factor. <laughs> Hebrews says, even though Sarah's womb was as good as dead, that situation, God came into her and he added the grace factor. And a woman who are almost reaching 100 years of age. Where in the norm of things, no one is expecting them to have a child. No one is expecting them to hold a baby in their hands. But what does God do? God identity. And he drops the grace factor to them. Somebody say when grace happens. Now when I'm looking at this situation, what I'm saying is that when grace happens in your life... What was impossible, it becomes possible. Because in the very same chapter, in the very same time of visitation, when God finished changing Abraham to Abraham, Sarai to Sarah, God made a declaration that next year, this time. Woo. He said, next year, this time, you're going to be holding a child. And, and to make it crystal clear, his name is going to be called Isaac, not Ishmael. He's going to be called Isaac. And now these things are happening when God added the grace factor to a situation that was appearing impossible. Added the grace factor. 
the grace factor came in and it began to work on the promises of God. What is it that makes the promises of God manifest nothing else but the grace of God? It is the grace of God that makes come tangible and visible. It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. It's the everyone in the community. Everyone in Abraham and Sarah's surroundings. Until God came in and added the grace factor to their situation. And what I'm seeing in Abraham and Sarah is that when God added the grace, and I'm saying to you, when grace happens in your life, you be oh. Am I talking to somebody in the house? When grace happens in your life, but because of the grace of God upon you, you become somebody. God says you are going to become a father of many nations. In the previous chapters, it was impossible for a man who does not have children to become a father of many When grace happens, when grace happens, when grace happens, a woman who was called barren, who could not have children, but when grace happened, a woman who was barren holding a child in a year's time, there are certain things that wasn't happened. But the moment grace happens, grace defies the norm. Grace is not bound by the laws that binds you and me. When grace happens, it's when grace happens. When grace happens. Only that, but when grace happens, you can do what you could not do before. Grace helps soil. You know it. Grace you could not get before. When grace happens, God said to Abraham, you are in this land as a foreigner. But the moment grace happens, to becoming possessors of the same land, not a small tiny corner of the entire nation of Canaan. When grace happens, when grace fall, but the moment grace came in, grace made the impossible become possible. To become possible. Somebody say grace. Note them principle even to us as children of God. When you read John chapter number one, him. Uh, anybody who knows that verse? To those who received him, what did he do? He gave them the power, the authority, or the permission to be fan of God, of himself. He is adding the grace factor that is God. You are sons of God. Because you carry the grace factor of the grace you get before. Now you can get it because of the grace factor. Somebody shout when fullness. We have all received. They become possible in your life. It's already given to you. Abundance. All received. First portion is grace upon when we heap something. That's another dimension of putting something on top. If you ask for it, it's not grace. Grace is the undeserved. Grace is the unearned. 
Grace is the unmerited favor of God. Meaning that you cannot buy God's grace with money. You cannot buy God's favor on the basis of your merits that I've done, A, B, C, D, X, Y, Z. No, 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 no. You cannot. It's based on God's own favor without your input. And the only thing that you can do is to receive or reject. That's the only thing that we can do. That's the response. But can I aid you this morning? May you and I receive. May we come to a place where we receive the grace. Where we receive the grace. Uh, how, how, then do I, how then do I receive and walk in this grace? The principle is contained in Ephesians chapter number 1 verse number 8. The principle of how grace works is contained in Ephesians chapter number 1 verse number 8. Chapter number 2 verse number 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through what saved you is not faith, it is grace. But how did grace come to you? It was through faith. So the principle of grace is that grace does not work in the absence of faith. Right? Grace will not manifest in the absence of faith. What is faith? Faith is a positive response. If you're writing, I want you to, that's important. Faith is a positive response to what God has already done through Jesus Christ. That's faith. Faith is a positive response to what God has already done through Jesus Christ. Can I repeat that? Faith is a positive response to what God has already done through Jesus Christ. That is faith. So we are saved by grace by positively responding to the grace of God. Does that make sense to you? We are saved by grace. And how is that grace become a manifestation in us? By us positively responding to what God has already done through Christ Jesus. That is faith. Praise be to God. But I want you to understand that when grace happens, the impossible, it becomes possible. When grace happens, the impossible, they become impossible. Now, I'm thinking even of a man called Saul. In his time in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, it was unthinkable for Saul, a man who brought terror and a man who specialized in killing those of the way, the Christians. It was unimaginable, unthinkable that the same man can come back and stand up and preach the gospel and defend the same people he was killing. But when grace happens, the impossible <laughs> become possible such that first corinthians chapter number 15 verse 10 paul stands up when grace happened paul stands up and says for i am what i am by the grace of god <laughs> but before it was impossible to think that this man can defend christians but when grace happened the impossible it became possible it was impossible for the nation of israel Almost 2.5 million people to walk out of Egypt 
where they were in slavery for almost 430 years. Think about it. 430 years, Israel was in captivity. It was unthinkable that these people can ever be free at one point in their lives. But when grace happened, when grace happened, a history of 430 years, God changed it over one night, the Passover night. God changed everything when grace happens. I'm reminded in the nation of Israel, in the book of Judges, there's a woman called Deborah. It was unthinkable, unheard of, that a woman can stand up and say, I'm going to fight, when all men are saying, no, we can't. But when grace happened, the impossible, it became possible. And Israel was saved by a woman. When grace happens, when grace happens, when grace happens, the impossible, they become possible. I'm reminded in the book of Nehemiah, a man called Nehemiah himself. The Bible says the walls of Jerusalem, they were broken down. And I did a bit start of that. The walls were broken down for almost 94 years. 94 years, the walls and the gates were burned down. And the enemies were coming into Israel, Jerusalem, whenever they wanted and the history tells us that whenever the enemies came in at night, they would come in and rape the daughters of Jerusalem. And after raping them, they would kill them. And every day in the morning, they would walk up to dead bodies on the streets. 94 years. But when grace happened, Nehemiah came in and the Bible says he was able to rebuild the same walls that were down for 94 years. But he did it in 52 days. In 52 days, he changed a 94-year-old history. When grace happens, the impossible, they become possible. Am I talking to somebody in this house this morning? Why am I pulling all these examples? I want to bring you to a place where you look at your own impossible situation and you can have confidence and faith in the grace of God that the moment God adds grace to my situation, my situation will not remain the same. My situation is changing. Why? Because when grace happens, the impossible, it becomes possible. Who would have thought that Peter would deny Jesus Christ three times? Three times he denied him. He denied him three times. But when grace happened on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says the same Peter who ran away from the master, he stood up in front of thousands of people and he began to boldly declare the word of God. And 3,000 people were added to the Lord. When grace happens, the impossible, they become possible. Somebody shout when grace happens. The impossible, they become possible. I know that it's grace. When that which I cannot afford, I can now afford. I know it's grace when that which was unattainable is now attainable. 
Ah, I know that is grace of God. When the sickness that could not be cured is now healed. Ah, I know that it is the grace of God. I know it's the grace of God. When I cannot afford to pay for something, but God, somehow I find it in my hands without me paying with any cent. I know that it is the grace of God. I know that it is the grace of God when people have ruled you out, but God's ruling counts you in. Am I talking to somebody in the house this morning? I know it's the grace of God when people have rejected you, but God embraces you, but God welcomes you, and God says, you are mine. I know that it is nothing else, but it is the grace of God. I know it's the grace of God when everyone has disqualified me, but God comes in and he qualifies me. I know that it is the grace of God. I know it's the grace of God when people say it can't but grace says it can I know that it is the grace of God I know that it is the grace of God when everyone looks down upon me but God says you are not beneath her you are above when everybody says yeah you your life does not amount to anything but God comes in and says you are blessed and are highly favored I know that it is the grace of God when grace happens, the impossible becomes possible. Can I speak to you? What is it that you're going through in your own life? That even you yourself, you have branded it impossible. Perhaps you have not said it, but your attitude and your actions in life, they're saying this situation is impossible. You have now adjusted everything to accommodate the impossible in your life. But let me tell you this morning, when grace happens in your life, the impossible, it becomes possible in your life. It was unthinkable that Israel could be fed by one God. 2.5 million could be given bread every day. Unthinkable. One God giving water to 2.5 million people and no one is complaining of thirst. Unthinkable. But when grace happens, the impossible becomes possible. Who would have thought that water can come out from the rock? Impossible. But when grace happens, the impossible, they become possible. Listen to me. I don't want you to doubt God. I don't want you to doubt the grace of God. I'm not talking about the grace that needs to come upon you. But I'm talking about the grace that is already upon you. It is a high time as a believer that you have confidence in the grace that is already upon your life. Because when grace manifests, the impossible becomes possible. What people say, it cannot be done. You come and do it. And everyone will stand in wonder, how did you do it? Don't go about boasting and say, I read this book. Ah, it's the grace of God. Keep your mouth shut. Don't tell me, I, uh, you know, I had to attend this course. Yes, but you remember for you to get there, it was because of the grace of God. 
Your situation is impossible at work. But let me tell you, when you permit the grace of God to manifest what is impossible, it will become possible. Thank you for tuning in to Your Change, a broadcast aimed at revealing grace and empowering transformation. To interact with us, please visit our website at afmimmiltonkeens.org or follow us at Ebenezer Fellowship AFMIM on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. You can also interact with Pastor Danny on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. For easy access, the links are in the description. Until we meet again, may heaven keep smiling at you.